This morning, as we talk about the love, I want to frame this message or title this with a question. Where is the love? Where is the love? As the great theologian Will I Am said, what's wrong with the world, mama? People acting like they ain't got no mamas. As you look at the world today and we look and we turn on the news or we read our, our social media or where we look, there's all of this strife and division and anger and hostility in the world. And we find ourselves, and many find themselves asking this question, where is the love in all of this? Where is the love? In the book of Corinthians that we've been reading throughout this week, we get to this point in chapter 13 when Paul takes a break to ask this same question. If you've been reading in 1 Corinthians, you'll find that this church, this early church, had a lot going on. As I was, as I was meeting with my teaching team, we were asking ourselves, what do we want to focus on this week? There are so many things, so many sermons that we could give to the church that we need. We could talk about the sexual ethic of the Bible. We could talk about how, how, what, what to do when there is division in the church. We could talk about idolatry. We could talk about so many things that, that Paul gets after, the, tongue, the, the, the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues and where that plays a part. Actually, in chapter 12, Paul is going off about the gifts of the Spirit. And he's addressing to the church ways that they have elevated the gifts of the Spirit above the gospel. But he's also saying, and he's calling the church to still practice them. And at the end of this chapter 12, he, he ends with this saying, as he's talking about the gifts, he says, and I will still show you a more excellent way. He's talking about all these ways, all these how-tos for the church. And I would encourage you, if you're not already, to be a part of our teaching plan. This is a part of us growing together. But as he's talking to the church and, and he is addressing these issues that are happening in the church, it's like he takes a pause from all of these issues and he says, I will show you a more excellent way. The, the Greek there in the NIV, it says, the most excellent way. It seems to me that Paul is almost taking a step back from all the debate and all the dialogue about how we should do church, about how we should interact, and he asked this question, where is the love? Where is the love, church? Because hear this, without it, we are lost. Without it, we are so lost. Look at what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in the first few verses here, he goes off and talks about what happens when we neglect, when we forget about the love. He says this, and it's interesting, the church starts, one of the issues that he is addressing here in Corinthians is that the church had elevated this gift of speaking in tongues 
where it had become ultimate and become something that they were practicing and, and elevating as a, like this extra sign of holiness. And he says this, right off the bat, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, everyone's at the, at the edge of their seat thinking, oh yeah, but I have not love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Without it, we are lost. He says, without this love, no matter what I do, all of these spiritual gifts that I have, if I don't have this love, that would be like me going up to the drum set and playing with no gifts. Now, I could, I could demonstrate that for you right now. But that would, it would be like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Have you ever experienced somebody who does not know the rhythm, who has not been a part of the beautiful synchronization of a band and, the, and there's this, they're doing their own thing? He's saying, if, if, if I don't have love, even if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, a gift of the Spirit, but I do not have love, I'm really wasting time. And for some of us, we say, yeah, well, okay, got that. I'm not, I don't speak in tongues. I don't do that. Okay, keep going. It says, and if I have prophetic powers, and if I can understand all mystery and all knowledge, I know. I've studied the Bible, I know the doctrine. I, I got the systematic theology down. I know the Heidelberg Catechism front to back. If I do this, if I have this, if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, what does he say? I'm nothing. This might hit some of us. I know it hits me. I always want to think deeply. I always want to have this knowledge about the ways of God. I want to understand these truths. I want to have convictions for these truths. Then he digs even deeper. He says, if I, if I give away all I have, and if I, ha if I deliver up my body to be burned, I'm a martyr but I have not love, I gain nothing. Friends, when we ask this question, where is the love? We must remember that without the love of Christ, we are so lost. We are wasting time, we are ineffective. We are like a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. We have lost our way. And so without the love, we are lost. But hear this, within love is the way. Any Mandalorian fans out here? I always think of Mandalorian, he says, this is the way. I feel like Paul, as he is asking this question of where is the love, he's saying, this is the way. What is the way? He says this. 
He defines it. He says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. I, I feel like I'm doing pretty good here. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Then these are really challenging words. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Within love, there is this radical way of living. Now, when it says love bears all things, that is a coming and bearing together the pain. Empathy, this is compassion. Now when it says love believes all things, I hear this, I do not believe that this means that love approves of all things. This does not mean that love neglects truth. But it's talking about people. It's talking about relationships with others that maybe you disagree or maybe that have let you down. It's saying love will believe. It will be optimistic about their future. It believes all things, knows all things. This is love. And as I read this and I think about this, I don't know about you, but I am a little convicted. Because as Paul writes this, in my honesty, I recognize I don't always fit this definition of love. My gut reaction to my adversaries, not always this love. Just this week, on Friday morning, I was in mourning. My team had <laughs> lost. And I got a loving text from a friend, and it just said, SF, season finished. I know, Laura. <laughs> and in that moment, my response was not love believes all, bears all. <laughs> I wrote a few texts and finally just didn't text. And for many of us, we have encounters daily. But we need to ask ourselves, where is the love in these encounters? We have encounters here in the church. We have encounters at our workplaces. We have encounters on the road. And when we're being honest, in all honesty, we fall short in this category. I cannot say, Logan, put your name there. Can you say this? Logan is patient and kind. Not sure my kids would agree with that. Logan does not envy or boast. Logan is not arrogant or rude. He does not insist on his own way, is not irritable or resentment. He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. At times this may be true, but there's something about this way, this kingdom ethic, that breaks us down. 
that causes us to say, Lord, this is how you've called me to live? And in 1 John, when, jo- when, the, when, the, when the Apostle John is writing to us, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. I was thinking about this this morning as we were singing these songs. Did you know why we were created? Did you know why God spoke into existence humanity? Love. Out of love. Did you know that we were created in his image? Which means we were created out of love to love. And yet, find myself wondering, God, how do I love? I ask myself, where is the love? And I think we do a disservice and an injustice if we leave here just saying, all right, I'm gonna love better this week. I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna be able to put my name in 1 Corinthians 13 and I can do it. See, 1 John 4 continues, it says, beloved, brothers, sisters, friends, let us love one another For love is from God, and whoever love has been born of God and knows God. And then verse nine, can you go to verse nine of 1 John 4? I'll get it myself. 1 John 4, verse nine says, is, is this the love of God, in this the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Says this to church, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, or the NIV says, the atonement, the payment for our sins. This is love. When you look at the word love in Corinthians, this is the love that Paul is talking about. He's not talking about a feeling. He's not even talking about an idea. He's not even talking about an experience. He's talking about the love of God that we just sang of. Love like a hurricane, I am a tree. This is the love. This is the love that he has given us, poured out on us. And as we ask this question, I want you to hear this. And as we think about the way to love, as you think about, okay, how do I love that person? How do I love myself? With all the shame and all the stuff that I have going on. Hear this. The way to love is not in a feeling, idea, or thing. It is in the crucified hands of the resurrected king. The way to love is not in a feeling, idea, or thing. It is in the crucified hands of the resurrected king. We talked about Romans 5 last week. It said, this is love. God demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So as we think about the way to love, remember, As Christians, part of our confession is that we believe when we talk about a way, there is one way. Jesus said, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We must be a people. When we ask this question, where is the love, we are reflecting on the love of Christ. You see, you can't put your name in 1 Corinthians 13, but you can put Jesus there. You can put Christ himself there. And I would encourage you to go back and read 1 Corinthians 13 and just switch out love for Jesus, and it will sing to you. It will sing because it is true. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus bears all, believes all, knows all. And I believe Paul is getting after this truth, this gospel truth, as we think about and ask ourselves this question, where is the love in this world, in this life, in my heart? And as we ask ourselves, how then shall we live? Paul seems to ask this this question. As he's talking to the church with all of these questions going on, He keeps talking about this already not yet reality. Look at what he says here. Verses uh, eight and on. He says, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes and the partial will pass away, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. What is Paul talking about here? When did he become a man? You remember a little bit about Paul. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a rabbi of rabbis. He knew the law. He knew the Torah. He knew all the things that you were supposed to do, all the things that you were supposed to say. And he says, when I was a child, but yet on the road to Damascus, Jesus Christ came and entered into my life, and he said, why are you persecuting me, Saul? And Saul gave his life to Christ, and he became Paul, and he became a man. By the love of Christ. This is what changes you and I. When we ask, where is the love? Find it in Christ. He says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. You see, without it, we are lost. Within it, we know the way. Paul is getting after this hope that Christians have. We get glimpses of his love. We get, it's like, this shot, it's like this mirror, and he's talking about mirrors. In those times, mirrors were not glass, they were metal. So it was very hard to see, you could kind of see. And so we get little glimpses of his kingdom, of his love, in the way that we love, and yet we know one day he will return, he will make all things right, and love will be so So as we look at this, we also long for hope and glory. 
We ask ourselves, how then shall we live in light of these things? What does Monday morning look like for you? Think. To me, the way that this is speaking into me is I want to ask myself everything I think, say, and do, where is the love of Jesus? Before you post that Facebook post, before you react to that angry relative, before you respond to that hurtful employee, employer, before you react your child's disrespect and disobedience. I can ask myself, where is the love? And remember, this is not a conditional love. The word love is agape, unconditional love. It is not love that we have earned, it is a love that we have been given. This is the love. When I was in junior high, there were these bracelets that we would wear. They were kind of along these lines. They were called WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? And it was along these same ideas. It's every time you walk around and whenever you're, whenever you're encountering a challenge or, or you're thinking, what would Jesus do? Well, I love those bracelets, but I wish it didn't, it wasn't about what would Jesus do, it would be what did Jesus do? Because church, we don't have to ask what would Jesus do. We know what he did. Look, cross. This is the love. When I think about the kind of love and I ask myself, what is the way that I can love this person, this enemy, this friend, this child, this, this student, this, this person, this circumstance, I love with this sacrificial love that Christ has loved me. It's the love of the cross. It's the love of Calvary. This is why Paul in Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God. Who what? Loved me and gave himself for me. What did Jesus do? This changes everything, brothers and sisters. This changes everything for you and I. What did he do? Tim Keller says this. We must say to ourselves something like this. Well, when Jesus looked down from the cross, he didn't think, I'm giving myself to you because you are so attractive to me. No, he was in agony. And he looked down at us denying him, abandoning him, and betraying him. And in the greatest act of love in history, he stayed. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. He loved us. Not because we were lovely to him, but to make us lovely. That is why I'm going Ask yourselves, where is the love of Christ in this? 
Friends, we have so much opportunity in this day, in this age. We have so much opportunity in these conversations of vaccinations, and conversations about masks, and conversations about politics, and conversations about baseball teams. Conversations. I pray that our apologetic, apologetic is a word used to talk about the defense of our faith, not reason necessarily, it is the very love of Christ. It is the unreasonable, relentless love that we sing of. And that we would be a people that ask this question, which leads to the second way that we should ask this question. That we would ask, where is the love of Jesus in everything we think, say, Remember, this is written to a church. 1 Corinthians 13 was not written for a marriage ceremony. It was not written for a love relationship. It was written for the church. It was written as a say, church, this is what we do. This is how we live. Love. But this love is not an approving love, it's an accepting love. It's not saying necessarily I, I approve of evil, I approve of, 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 of things that go against the way of the Lord, but I do accept you. And I love you. Hear that. This is why I believe in, in, in Corinthians 13, 16, Paul says, be on your guard. He says, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Go ahead and put that up there, Alex. And do everything in love. You see, there is this great tension between unity and holiness. And we can really focus on one or the other. Unity, holiness. A friend sent me some thoughts on this just this week. And we can really focus on unity. But then we neglect the call to a holy kingdom living. And Paul is saying, no, we are a people that devote ourselves to both of these things. How? Through the love of Christ. This is how we love. This is the question we must ask ourselves. Dwight L. Moody, he said this, Faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. Faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. You think about this, as you reflect on this, and we ask ourselves, where is the love? I'd like to talk a little bit about where I've seen the love this week. Actually, I could talk about it just yesterday. I woke up and I got a text from a sister in Christ whose husband is in the hospital. We prayed for him, Ryan, today. When I got that text, I knew that the whole church has been praying for Ryan. I knew that the whole church was praying for our sister Bev in the hospital on the day of her daughter's wedding. 
And the love is God's family coming together and praying together and, 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 and going to the Lord together in love. And then I went to soccer and I got to see other brothers and sisters in Christ coaching and families playing soccer. And I got to see the love of Christ poured out in our community. And then from soccer, I ran back and I got to go here and I got to see John Alara here doing this incredible performance with children and loving kids. And our preschool putting on this wonderful program for our families where the love of God is so evident in our children. And you can see that in Cindy and Ken and the way that they selfishly, uh, selflessly love our community. Then I got home and I took a nap. And then I got to go to this wedding and see this celebration of the love of Christ. This, when you ask where is the love, we should see it in one another. We should see it in faith, kingdom, community. We should see it in God's love poured out in us and around us in the way that we love each other. I encourage you. It can be easy to hear a sermon like this and just think, man, we're really bad at loving. And, and we need some of that. We can also miss what the very Spirit of God is doing. We can also miss the fruits of his love. What's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. And church, your pastor, I get to say, I see it here. As I look at your faces, as I look at the diversity and the stories in this room, love is here. Is, are, are we perfect at it? No, but it is perfected in Christ. And may we continue to strive towards that and work towards that on earth as it is in, in heaven. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, I, I pray, God, that your love not the love of the media, not the love of feelings and experiences or even our own philosophies, God. I pray, God, that your love, demonstrated in the very person, in the very flesh of Jesus Christ, the crucified hands of our resurrected Lord, I pray, Lord, that your love would continue to pour into all of us, that we would continue to be a people of your love, that we would continue to be a people that, that can't get enough of your love and wanna share this, your love. And help us, God. Show us, God, as we ask ourselves, where is the love? I pray, Lord, that we land on you. I pray, Lord, that we filter all that we do through this question. Pray, Lord, that all who are here, that we would know your love. I pray for the individual right now in this moment who maybe thinks, I don't, I don't deserve that. Who maybe questions, I, I, I've gone too far. I have too many questions, I have too much anger, I have too much bitterness, I, I, I've been wounded, I have all this trauma. I pray, Jesus, that your love, unconditional agape love, that they would know that. And God, even as, as tight 
fisted as we may be, that we would open up our hands and that your spirit would pour out your love. Oh, Jesus, it's so unreasonable. It's so relentless. We can't get enough of it. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to pour it out and that your love would change us same way that we see it change people all throughout scripture we are those people change us father so speak into this moment and as we sing in response may we sing of who our god is full of love full of grace and truth amen